Wrong number two. I like this series a lot. I really like Jade and Dina's dynamic. I like Chuck. This book is a sequel, and thankfully it's a duology and not another trilogy, because Arlstein loves his trilogies, and he loves his quadrilogies. I've really enjoyed doing this series. I like playing the characters. I think I've gotten the voices nailed down pretty well on everybody. It's standard R.L. Stein fare. It's a good Fear Street novel. Would I recommend it? Absolutely. This is a very, very good series if you want to get your feet wet on R.L. Stein. Pick up wrong number or wrong number two. Excellent introduction stories. It has been a very long time since I read this book, so it's going to feel like a brand new one to me. Um, I hope you enjoy it. Sit back and relax and listen to wrong number two. Hi, I'm Chris, and welcome to a Nightfall audiobook production. This is Wrong Number Two by R.L. Stein, a Fear Street novel, Book 27. Prologue The grinding roar of the chainsaw grew louder. Its jarring vibrations made the entire tree shake. Desperately, Dina clung to the high tree branch. Next to her, Jade, her features twisted in horror, wrapped her arms tightly around the trunk and held on. The tree began to shake harder as the chains bit through the thick bark and into the wood. Struggling frantically not to slip off, Dina stared down through the night darkness into the determined face of Stanley Farberson. No! she screamed. No! Please! But the screech of the chainsaw drowned out her pleas. Farberson killed his wife, and now he's going to kill Jade and me because we know what he did. The terrifying thought repeated in her mind, repeated until the words roared louder than the grinding saw. The tree shook more violently. Dina heard a frightening crack. The sound of bones breaking, she thought. The trunk split, and then the whole tree began to tilt. We're going down, Jade wailed, then said nothing more, her face frozen in a mask of terror. Dina hugged the branch tighter as the tree started to topple. She opened her mouth to scream, but no sound came out. Her eyes bulging in horror, she watched as the tree began to fall, carrying her with it. And now she was falling, falling straight into the whirling blades of the saw. Oh. Dina let out a low moan and shook her head. I'm okay. Yes, she was okay. She was hunched over her desk, staring at the night sky outside her bedroom window, remembering. Remembering once again that horrifying night. The night on Fear Street. The night Stanley Farberson nearly killed her and Jade. A year has passed, she told herself, shaking her head, as if trying to shake away the memories. Why do I keep reliving it again and again? Why do I keep putting myself back in that tree? watching Farberson's wild eyes, hearing the roar of the chainsaw. Dina stood up and walked shakily to the dresser mirror. Leaning on the dresser, she gazed at herself at her tired eyes, her tense, tight-lipped expression. There's nothing to be afraid of now, she told herself. Farberson is in prison, locked up for life. He can't get out. He can't hurt us now. He can't. Chapter 1 So, how would I look as a blonde? What? Dina Martinson slammed her history book shut and gazed up at her friend. I'm serious, Jade Smith said, twirling a strand of her long auburn hair around her finger. I think being a blonde would be interesting, don't you? I look just like Sharon Stone. Dina laughed. I don't believe you, she said. You have the most beautiful hair in the school and you want to change it. Or maybe I should get colored contacts. Jade rolled off her bed where she'd been studying. She stood in front of her full-length mirror. Her bright green cat suit made her eyes appear even greener and showed off her great figure. 
She trilled her thumbs and forefingers into little O's and held them around her eyes. How'd I look with blue eyes? she asked. Jade, what's your problem? Dina demanded. You're totally gorgeous the way you are. Why do you want to change anything? I'm bored, Jade complained. She dropped back on her bed, fished around in the night table drawer for an emery board, and began to file the nails on her left hand. So am I, Dina said, sighing. Maybe I'm the one who should get a new look. Why do you say that? asked Jade. I don't know. Maybe it would be easier to find a new boyfriend if I looked different. Jade laughed. What's the story with you and Pete Goodwin? Pete's kind of boring, Dina replied softly. You want to get back with Rob Morell, don't you? Jade accused. Dina could feel her face getting hot and she knew she was blushing. Maybe. Well, forget it, Jade told her. Rob is so stoked over Deborah Kern, he can barely speak to anyone else. Jade concentrated on her nails. What about Steve Mason? He's kind of cute. And he has a great Australian accent? He'd never be interested in me, Dina murmured. Why not? Jade asked. All you have to do is go after him. For sure, Dina said, rolling her eyes. And how am I supposed to do that? It's easy, Jade replied. The next time you see him, just go up to him and talk. Let him know you're interested. Why would that make him interested in me? It always works for me, Jade said. In fact, the phone on her night table rang. She sat down the emery board to pick up the receiver. Oh, hi, Teddy. Her voice sounded as if it were dripping with honey. Well, of course I do. How are you? Dina stared at her friend in awe. When she spoke to a boy, Jade's whole face changed. Her eyes lit up, and her mouth twisted into a mischievous smile. The tone of her voice made it sound as if the boy were the most wonderful person in the whole world. Dina and Jade had been friends since fourth grade, but Dina still didn't know how her friend managed to do it. Yeah, Teddy, we will. Uh-huh. That's Friday night, right? Of course. Wouldn't miss it. Okay. Jade hung up the phone. Teddy, right? Dina asked. Uh-huh. Jade nodded. He wanted to make sure I'm going to the game tomorrow night. Teddy Miller, the star guard for the Shadyside Tigers basketball team, was tall and rugged. Most of the girls thought he was one of the best-looking guys in the school. He'd gone out with at least a dozen girls, and now he was very interested in Jade. Hey, I thought you and I were going to the game together, Dina said. Well, of course we're going together, Jade replied. Teddy just wants to make sure I watch him play. She narrowed her eyes and studied Dina. You know what's wrong with you, she said. You don't have enough confidence. Dina laughed. Well, what does that have to do with anything? That's why you won't go up and talk to Steve, Jade concluded. You're one of the cutest and smartest girls at Shadyside High. I don't know why you won't let Steve know that. Because I'm shy, Dina thought to herself. But then she realized that was just another way of saying she didn't have confidence. Maybe Jade was right. Hand me my brush, will you? asked Jade. It's on the dresser. Dina reached for the hairbrush. Underneath it was an envelope addressed to Jade. She handed Jade the brush, then picked up the envelope. Dina recognized the handwriting. Is this from Chuck? she asked. It came yesterday, Jade said, running the brush through her auburn hair. How often does he write you? Dina asked. Every week, Jade replied. You're kidding, Dina cried. Chuck has time at college to write letters? Guess so, Jade said. Maybe college has changed him, Dina said thoughtfully, staring at the envelope. He seems to be keeping out of trouble. Not one call from the police down there. Jade snickered. Your half-brother is a wild man, all right. I think he's the most hot-headed guy I ever met. She continued brushing out her hair. Hot-headed is one word for it, Dina thought darkly. Crazy is another. But maybe Chuck has learned to control that temper of his. She felt the memories of last year pushing their way back into her mind. She remembered Chuck making those stupid phone calls, calling phone numbers at random, just for laughs. But the laughs had ended when Chuck dialed the number on Fear Street. 
Stanley Farberson's number. Chuck had called it a bad time. Farberson was about to murder his wife. Her screams in the background forced Dina, Jade, and Chuck to go to their house to investigate, to get involved in a horrible murder, to nearly get themselves killed too, all because of Chuck. Sometimes he writes more often, Jade said. He's really become kind of sweet. Too bad I don't have time to answer. What do you mean you don't have time, Dina accused. You know I like Chuck, Jade explained, but really he's off in college and I'm here in Shadyside. Am I supposed to pine away for him? Dina didn't answer for a moment. Jade always went from boy to boy, but somehow it made a difference when it was Dina's own half-brother. Does Chuck know you're going out with Teddy and the other guys? Dina asked. I don't know what Chuck knows, Jade answered sharply. I mean, what Chuck doesn't know can't hurt him, right? I guess, Dina muttered. She felt annoyed. It wasn't as if Jade and Chuck were engaged or anything, but it seemed to Dina that they were right for each other. If Chuck finds out and loses his temper, Dina started to say, no problem, I can handle Chuck, Jade assured her. She finished brushing her hair and stood up. I'm going to get some chips or something downstairs. Want a Coke? she asked. Without waiting for an answer, Jade started down the hall. As she did, the phone rang again. Would you get that for me? she called back. Sure, Dina said. She picked up the phone. As a goof, she decided to try to imitate Jade's honey-dripping voice. Hello, she purred. It's this Jade, the voice on the other end growled. Who is this? Dina asked, her heart pounding. This is your wrong number, Jade, the deep voice rasped. Huh? My what? This is your wrong number. I'm coming to disconnect your line real soon. Chapter 2 Who was it? Jade asked, walking back into the room. She set a bowl of chips on the dresser and handed Dina a can of Coke. It was... I think it was a wrong number, Dina stammered. I get a lot of wrong numbers, Jade said, chewing on a large potato chip. I wonder if... She stopped when she saw Dina's expression. Dina, you look weird. Is something wrong? It was the call, Dina explained. He said he was your... your wrong number. What's that supposed to mean? Jade, it sounded like Mr. Farberson, Dina cried. His voice is all deep and hoarse. You're kidding, Jade said, surprisingly calm. She reached for another handful of chips. It couldn't be him, Dina. No way. I know, Dina admitted, but he had the same kind of scary voice, and he said he was coming here or something. No way, Jade repeated. Farberson was sentenced to twenty years. He won't even be up for parole for years. Well, Dina thought about it a moment. You're right. I know you are. But I can't help being upset whenever I think about him. I still have nightmares about what happened. So do I, Jade admitted. I mean, he nearly killed us after all. It's hard to believe it all started with a phone call. A prank call, Dina added. But it was so much fun, at least at first. I loved it when we started calling up those guys, Jade said, grinning. Remember putting on those sexy voices and trying to convince them we were secretly in love with them? What a crazy thing to do. But it stopped being fun once Chuck got involved, Dina reminded her, especially when he started making threatening calls. Chuck is a bad dude, Jade said, snickering. She offered Dina the bowl of chips. That call you just answered was probably some jerk from school trying to scare us. After all, everyone in Shadyside knows what happened last year. Yeah, probably, Tina replied thoughtfully, but it was still kind of frightening. Forget about it, Jade said firmly. Here, have some potato chips. Live dangerously. Dina's call came a little before midnight. She had just turned out the light and was drifting off to sleep. The ringing phone jarred her awake. Hello? She murmured, her voice clogged with sleep. Dina. 
Dina Martinson, the voice on the other end, whispered. Yes? Fear rushed in. I called your friend earlier, the voice rasped. Who is this? Dina demanded, sitting up, her heart pounding. Let's just say I'm an old friend, someone you haven't seen for a long time. What do you want? Dina cried shrilly. She suddenly felt angry. It couldn't be Farberson. He was in prison. So, who was making these calls? What do you want? Dina shouted. Revenge, the voice whispered. Dina heard a click. The line went dead. The next morning, Dina struggled to pay attention in algebra, but she couldn't get her mind to concentrate on numbers. Instead, she kept hearing the caller's rough voice and the frightening one-word threat, revenge. Dina was taken completely by surprise when Mr. Forrest handed out a review quiz. She didn't have a chance to complete it by the time the bell rang, so she quickly scribbled answers to the last three problems. She handed in her quiz and began gathering her papers and books. As she headed through the door, she nearly bumped into Steve Mason. He had a class in that room next period. The trouble with you is you don't have any confidence. Jade's words from the night before rang in her mind. Just talk to him, Jade had instructed. Let him know you're interested. Why not, Dina thought. Before she could think twice about it, she made herself talk to him. Hi, Steve, she greeted him with a big smile. Hey, good day, he replied, surprised. How do you like the cold weather, Dina blurted out. It's not bad, actually, he said. Different from Sydney, he smiled at her. Who's Sydney? Dina joked. She expected him to laugh, but he didn't. Does he think I don't know that Sydney is a city in Australia? Dina wondered, feeling her face grow red. Well, have a nice day, she finished lamely. What a bomb, she thought unhappily, hurrying away. Yeah, bye now, she heard him call after her. When Dina came out of gym, her last class, she found Jade waiting for her by the water fountain. Jade was wearing a bright red catsuit with a short black jacket. I could never wear anything like that, Dina thought, but Jade, as usual, looked fabulous. Also as usual, she was surrounded by boys, Teddy and three of his friends from the basketball team. Talk to you later, Teddy, Jade gave him a big smile. Dina and I are going to my house to work on our science term papers. Later, Teddy said, giving both girls a quick one-fingered salute. He ambled off with his friends. Dina led the way out of school. A bright sun peeked through puffs of cloud, but the air felt cold. Snow had been on the ground for several days. Now it was patchy and gray. The sidewalks were puddled and covered with dirty slush. Jade's house wasn't far from school. As they walked down Park Drive, Dina began telling her friend about the midnight phone call. You're kidding, Jade exclaimed. The same guy? It sounded like him, Dina insisted. He called me by my name, and he mentioned you. It's got to be some jerk playing a dumb joke, right? Jade asked. No way, it could be Farberson. She sounded a little uncertain. People can't sit around in their prison cells making phone calls, right? I don't think so, said Dina. But even if Farberson could, why would he call us? He's going to be in there for years and years. So, it's got to be someone else. Someone who wants to give us a scare, Jade decided. I guess. That means the best way to deal with it is not be scared, Jade suggested. Right, Dina echoed. She started to tell Jade about her very short conversation with Steve that morning, when her friend suddenly grabbed her wrist. Dina, Jade whispered, do you see that car up ahead? Dina hadn't been paying attention, but now she turned to the street. A battered green Oldsmobile with tinted windows was slowly cruising away from them. What about it, she said. It just passed us for the second time. You're kidding, said Dina. Why would it do that? Is it someone from school? I don't know, but I wonder. There it goes. The car abruptly sped up and turned a corner, its tires squealing. Weird, Jade murmured. Anyway, what were you about to say? Dina gathered her scattered thoughts and told Jade what had happened that morning when she'd run into Steve. He didn't even get my joke, she wailed. Jade laughed. 
Maybe he heard it before. Her expression turned serious. So, what happened after you talked to him? Nothing. Nothing? Well, I had to go to class. Besides, I didn't know what else to say. It doesn't matter what you say, Jade assured her. Just keep letting him know you're interested. Next time you see him, ask him about something. Ask him about his favorite Australian rock band. Or ask him what sports he played back home. Just don't make any more jokes about Sydney. But I don't know anything, Dina stopped as a car drew alongside the two girls. Jade, it's the same car. I see it, Jade whispered. The beat-up car was a deep, muddy green, with windows tinted so dark it was impossible to see who was inside. Just ignore it, Jade instructed. The car was barely crawling now, keeping pace with the girls. They began to walk a little faster, and the car sped up. Dina squinted to see the driver, but the dark-tinted windows acted as a shield. Jade stopped abruptly. The car stopped, too. Jade, come on, Dina said breathlessly. Let's get out of here. Jade turned to face the car. At the same time, Dina heard the click of a car door opening. Jade, she cried in panic. He, he's coming after us. Run, Jade yelled. Chapter 3 Jade grabbed Dina's arm and tugged her over the patchy snow. They ducked into an opening between two houses. Was he following them? Was he right behind them? The girls were too afraid to turn back. Slipping through soft ice and mud, they ran down a narrow, twisting alleyway. By the time the concrete wall that surrounded Jade's yard appeared, Dina was struggling to breathe. A sharp pain stabbed at her side. Come on, Jade gasped, pulling open the gate. Panting, Dina ducked inside to the safety of the yard. Jade slammed the gate. Then, sucking in deep breaths, she poked her head over it and peered back the way they had come. No one there, she reported. But that car was definitely following us, Jade insisted, still breathing hard. Maybe the person just wanted directions, Dina suggested, waiting for the pain in her side to fade. Maybe, said Jade, but I don't really believe that, and I don't think you do either. You don't think it was the same person who made the phone calls, do you? Dina asked. I, I don't know what to think, her friend stammered, but I don't want to take any chances. Let's go inside. The next day, Friday, her frightening run down the alley lingered in Dina's mind as she made her way through the halls of Shadyside High. Steve Mason, where are you? she wondered to herself. She had decided to try to talk to him again, but she hadn't seen him all day. Was he out sick? No. Turning a corner, Dina caught a glimpse of him going into the science lab. He wasn't alone. He was walking with Bree Wade, one of the tall, dark-haired Wade twins. They were walking close together and sharing a laugh. Of course, Dina thought bitterly. Why did I ever think I could go after a boy the way Jade does? Forget about Steve, she told herself. And that's just what she tried to do all during the volleyball game in gym. She was drying her fine, short blonde hair after class when she noticed Jade standing behind her in the mirror. Oh, hi, Jade. Dina gave a last blast of hot air to her bangs and set the dryer down. If we're going to get to the game to watch them practice, we have to hurry, Jade said. The bell rang ten minutes ago. Right, the game. Dina slid the dryer into her backpack and slung the pack and her overnight bag over her shoulder. Her parents were going to a concert in Waynesbridge so Dina was going to Jade's to spend the night after the game. They dropped their gear at Jade's, then took a bus to Matawan High. They arrived in time to get fifth-row seats at center court. Dina had never really liked basketball, but she loved going to games. She loved to see all her friends and to cheer the Shadyside players. Hi, Dina. Hi, Jade. It was Lisa Bloom, carrying a big bag of popcorn. Great seat, guys. See, said Jade, I told you it pays to come early. Yeah, maybe, said Dina. But she knew the real reason Jade liked to come early, to watch the guys warm up. Most of the rows were filling up. 
Jade made her way down to the floor to say hello to Teddy. Dina let her eyes wander around the crowded stands. Steve, are you here? she wondered. No sign of him. Maybe he doesn't like American sports, she thought. Or maybe he's sitting on the wrong side. After all, he hadn't been in the States that long. Maybe he didn't know about home and visiting teams. She glanced across the court to the home team seats. The bleachers were a sea of red and blue, Matawan's colors. She'd never find Steve if he was over there. Dina was about to give up when someone caught her eye. A man wearing an orange hunting cap slouched in the shadows at the side of the bleachers. His cap was pulled down so far she couldn't see his face. There was something strange about him, but something familiar, too. Teddy's such a great guy, Jade said, scooting back in beside Dina. He says we're going to win. What are you staring at? Over there, Dina replied, pointing across the court. See that man sort of leaning next to the door? Doesn't he look kind of weird? Huh? What man? Jade demanded. Dina glanced down. The man had vanished. A whistle brought their attention back to the game. For the next hour, Dina forgot everything but the game. The Matawan Blue Sharks were one of Shadyside's main rivals, and the first contest between the two schools was one of the biggest games of the year. Go Tigers! Jade screamed. Every time Shadyside got the ball, she jumped up in her seat. Slam it, Teddy! Along the sidelines, the cheerleaders did their routines, urging the fans to yell even louder. At the end of the first half, the score was tied at 35. In the second half, the lead kept changing. Neither team could get ahead by more than a basket. What a game! What a game! Dina cried. She was on her feet along with everyone else. The cheers were so loud the bleachers shook, and Dina thought the roof might blow off. Only a few seconds on the clock. Defense! Defense! The shady side Tigers cheerleaders cried. Defense! echoed the fans. Matawan called timeout. Dina watched Corky Kokorin, the head cheerleader, do a double flip. Then she led the maroon and white uniformed cheerleaders in a loud cheer. Dina was cheering along when she saw a flash of orange off to one side. Hey! She leaned forward and peered down the sideline toward the end of the bleachers. There he was again, the strange man in the orange hunting cap. He stood on the shady side side of the court now. He appeared to be watching the floor, not the game. Why does he seem so familiar? Dina asked herself. Dina! Jade grabbed her arm. Dina, what's your problem? The timeout's over! Dina focused on the game. The Blue Sharks had a two-point lead. Shadyside had the ball out of bounds with 15 seconds left. Slam it, Teddy! Jade screamed. In their face! Gary Brandt, the Tigers' captain, dribbled to the basket. He shot. Missed. It bounced into the hands of a Matawan guard. The players all began scrambling back toward the Matawan end of the court. Get the ball! Jade screamed. Four seconds left. Dina realized she had been holding her breath, her heart in her throat. Go Tigers! Get the ball! She screamed. She saw Teddy reach in and steal the ball from the Matawan guard. He spun back to the basket. Two seconds. One. Shoot! Jade and Dina screamed in unison. Shoot! Teddy raised the ball and heaved it from center court. The buzzer rang out. The ball dropped cleanly through the hoop. Three points. Shady's side won. The bleachers shook and the crowd erupted. We won! We won! Jade hugged Dina. Dina hugged her back. Over Jade's shoulder, she spotted the man in the orange hunting cap. He was slipping out the door. Dina still hadn't seen his face, but she had the uncomfortable feeling that she knew him, that she had seen him before. Why couldn't she remember? Was he someone she didn't want to remember? They didn't get to Jade's house till late. After the game, Dina and Jade and a bunch of other shitty side kids piled into Teddy's van and drove to Pete's Pizza to celebrate. The celebration got more than a little wild. 
Dinah was afraid they'd all be thrown out or arrested for disturbing the peace. Now she, Jade, and Teddy stood under the pale yellow light over Jade's porch. Good night, Teddy, Jade said. Thanks for the ride. No problem, Jade, Teddy murmured. He gazed at her as if she were a precious ruby. Dina turned away and rolled her eyes. Give me a break, she thought. See you soon, Jade said. Somehow she managed to make each word about three syllables long. I'll call you, Teddy said. He slid his arms around her and they started kissing. Will you guys hurry it up, Dina said uncomfortably. I'm freezing to death. One of the guys inside the van honked the horn. Then everyone in the van began yelling and whistling. Okay, okay, Teddy cried. He let go of Jade and jogged across the walk to the van. Teddy's so cool, Jade gushed, unlocking the front door. Don't you think he's totally cool? He's okay, Dina said, eager to get inside. Just okay? I thought you liked him. Dina shrugged, then followed Jade upstairs. Where is everyone? Dina asked. Kathy's staying at a friend's tonight, and Mom went to some hairdresser's party. She'll be home late. Jade pulled off her jacket and draped it over the doorknob. Well, she said, turning to Dina. Well, what? Dina shot back. She dropped her overnight bag on the edge of Jade's bed and sat down to unlace her boots. What's your problem? Jade frowned. Why are you in such a bad mood? This was an awesome night. Yeah, I guess, Dina said reluctantly. It's just that, well, it seems like you're using Teddy. Jade laughed, but her smile faded quickly. What are you talking about, Dina? Sometimes I think you're from Mars. I mean, you don't think Teddy is anyone special, Dina insisted, speaking slowly, thoughtfully. He was special tonight, Jade broke in. He won the game in the last second. But you don't think he's special the way you think Chuck is, Dina said. They're different, Jade replied impatiently. Teddy's here, and Chuck is a hundred miles away at college. That's what I'm saying, Dina told her. You're just using Teddy. You just want to amuse yourself till Chuck comes back. You know what? Jade flared. I think you're jealous. No, Dina protested. It's just that... She broke off at the sound of tapping. Huh? What's that? She asked. Jade tilted her head. Both girls stared straight ahead, listening intently. Silence now. A heavy silence. Jade shrugged. Anyway, Dina, she said frowning. I don't think that it's your problem if I go out with... Tap... Tap, tap, the sound again, louder. It's coming from the window, Dina whispered, her heart suddenly beating faster. She turned her eyes to the dark curtains over the window. It must be the wind, Jade assured her, but her face revealed her fear. Tap, 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 tap. It sounds like someone trying to break in, Dina said. Don't be dumb, Jade exclaimed. We're on the second floor. Tap, tap, tap. I'm going to call the police, Dina cried. Wait, Jade insisted. Maybe it's just a branch. She clicked off the bedroom light, casting them in darkness. Dina squinted hard, watched Jade crawl across her bed to the window. Jade yanked the curtains apart. Both girls screamed when they saw the face, framed in the window, pale against the dark sky, the face of a man, a man in an orange hunting cap, staring in at them.